Blog Talk Radio. It's been a week full of pitchers in Yankee land. Adam Montevino is bringing his filthy slider to the best bullpen in the game. Sonny Gray is packing his bags for Cincinnati. Yankee legend Mariano Rivera and Mike Muzina have entered the Hall of Fame. It's been one busy week for the Bombers. All this and more on this week's episode of Pinstripe Talk. Welcome back to uh, Pinstripe Talk, this week's episode. Um, I'm your host, uh, Eamon, and my uh, co-host joining me today, Anthony. And um, we're going to be talking about the crazy week that's happened lately. Um, It's certainly been a crazy week. Yeah, so recently we got Adam Adino. We're going to be talking about that. Uh, recently also Sonny Gray has left the Yankees and we're going to talk about the hall of fame ballot and, um, who made it. Um, and then we're going to talk about, uh, interesting topic, um, about Nolan Arenado, um, and where we think he might, uh, you know, be good for the Yankees and, um, his free agency, I think next year, uh, he's a free agent. So yeah, yeah, let's hop, let's hop into Adam Onavino. You uh, yeah, let's, you think? Let's do that. Adam Onavino has, as you said in the intro, has joined the best bullpen in baseball. He has just made it better. He is a six-five righty. He's this sort of three quarters <clears throat> delivery from the right-handed side with a nasty, nasty slider. I mean, last year. Um, in 75 games, he had a 2-4-3 ERA for the Rockies. Uh, that's really impressive. He had an injury-riddled uh, 2017, he had a 5-0-6 ERA, but his ERA in 2016 was 2-6-7. So he, he's proven he could pitch. Um, I mean, you're putting that slider in a bullpen with Patantis' curveball and Chapman's fastball and Britton's sinker and Green's fastball um, – I mean, you've got the Jonathan Holder who, who, who just kind of leave your memory because of all the phenomenal arms they have in that pen. Um, I think Adam Adovino really bolsters uh, a, strength, a strength we've had and makes it that much better. He really um, solidifies this team. And not only that, he completely shows up the rotation because, I mean, when we re-signed Britain, that made the starters have to work less because we have a dominant reliever in the bullpen. So that was that. Now we've got Adam Adovino, who's going to shorten it even more. So we're going to have less stress on our starting pitchers. We're going to have dominant arms out of the bullpen. Um, Brian Cashman, once again, has proven why he's arguably the best GM in the game because he's, he, he knows what his team needs. He's smart. He shorts things up. Um, and this one move really affects a lot of a lot of pieces positively for the Yankees. Yeah, um, I think you know adding Adam Adovino, you know, definitely made the team a lot stronger. Um, if you look at Boston, they have I I remember when they signed Adovino, they compared the Yankees bullpen to Boston, and if you look at Boston's bullpen right now, they they don't have anybody. They're all terrible. So I really hope that, you know, now that we have him, 
our bullpen's really strong enough to maybe hopefully win the division because I I feel like you know now that we have this really good bullpen that if our starters are struggling we can just you know bring in a really good bullpen pitcher because our bullpen's that good we can literally take him out in the fourth inning and you know still win that whole game because that's how good our bullpen is compared to Boston where a lot of you know that starting that starting uh, pitching lineup. It's gonna. They're gonna need to do really well. Uh, that that one game, or they're not. I mean, unless they start signing some people, they're not gonna. You know, be doing good. Yeah, the Red Sox bullpen um, has been in shambles. I mean, they really pretty much had Matt Barnes and Craig Kimbrell. As we all know, Craig Kimbrell is a free agent now, um, so he could still wind up back in Boston. Let's hope he doesn't. Um, But he could still wind up back there. But not only did signing Britain and signing Adovino help the Yankees and their bullpen and their rotation, but it took away the option of having the Red Sox sign Britain or the Red Sox sign um, Adovino. It's um, it, it, it it takes away from your competitor and it adds to <clears throat> to your team already, which just bolsters the fact that the Yankees could could take the division from the Red Sox um, this next coming season. I mean, the Red Sox starting pitching is going to be probably not as good as it was last year. Um, you can't expect the same thing from Sale every year. I mean, he's, gonna, he's bound to have a clunker here and there. He can't be he can't, he can't be uh, a Cy Young every day. So um, I, I think this uh, th- this signing of Otto, you know, definitely bolsters us, obviously, but also detracts from them, which I'm very happy about. Yeah. Um, I do think the Red Sox uh, starting pitching is going to be a big factor into like what the, what they do next year because Sale, if you guys didn't know, he had an injury before he went into the postseason. We don't know if he's going to be the same Sale going into the spring training, into you know the regular season, and we don't know if they're going to have a Nathan Evaldi like like last year. So they could be in big jeopardy of a of a you know, downfall season um, from last year. Uh, unless, I mean, I could see them, you know, they can have a downfall season even with their great um, hitting lineup. I feel like they can, obviously, they can still compete, but that pitching is really going to help, uh, you know, it's really going to take a big fall, I think, next year. I don't think Sale is going to do as good. I really don't have a lot of trust in Nathan Evaldi coming off of that great season and doing what he just did then and doing it again. If he does, that's impressive. But I mean, that guy's, that guy's arm is terrible. I mean, it, and I, I'm not saying terrible in like uh, location and speed. I'm saying he, that one, that right arm is beat up. He's had so many uh, surgeries and everything. So I don't know how he's going to do, but I do think the Anavito signing makes, makes the Boston Red Sox a little bit scared coming up. Yeah, it, it should make them scared. Um, as, as you said, Evaldi, uh, I mean, us being Yankee fans, we saw Nathan Evaldi. We know he's got good stuff, but what he, what he was last year with the, with the Red Sox was, was something we never seen before out of Evaldi. And personally, I don't think that um, that's the real Nathan Evaldi. I think he had a, a dominant stretch, and I think that's where it's going to end. Um, so you got to worry about, is Valdi going to be the same for the Red Sox? Um, 
And the Yankees rotation doesn't have to go seven innings that the Red Sox rotation does. The Red Sox rotation, because of their terrible bullpen, has to go seven innings to make sure that they don't have to go to some shaky arms. I mean, they lost Joe Kelly as well. I mean, Joe Kelly was a big part of that team. Um, so you have, to, um, you have to take that into consideration. You have to understand that the Yankees' arms are going to be more rested. It's, um, it's, a, it's a lot of positivity coming the Yankees' way as far as, uh, as, far as the arms go. Yeah, I, um, I think with us running six starting pitchers with having CeCe there, I think you know, the starting pitching will um, be rested. Now that we have, we have a strong bullpen, I feel like now that we have six starters – and having CC pitch in between, I think you know that was that's a good move. I feel like the pitching shouldn't be an issue this year. Um, hopefully, we don't have like last year the uh, bad start. Um, I I want us to you know go out and have a, a good start to the season. Now, p- pitching is really good. They're just the offense has got to be something that's there, um, and that you know we have to hope for. We can't guarantee. Um, that because if you really look at it, Gary Sanchez didn't have a good year. Stanton start off slow. Um, you know, Didi, he had a really good September and then he fell a little bit down. So we, we can't rely all on the offense. We need this, you know, this good pitching that we finally put together this off season to really do their job and uh, show us, you know, why we got them. I mean, I, I couldn't agree with you more. I really couldn't. This, um, this team is making me very excited with everything they're doing, uh, bullpen, rotation, all these arms that we have. We, we've stockpiled some, some serious arms. Um, obviously, we've signed Hap. Obviously, we've traded for, for um, Paxton. We've brought back CeCe. The bullpen now. It, again, it proves that Brian Cashman is a lot smarter than all of us because he has, he's really proven um, that this team can make some savvy moves. He doesn't have to go out and sign Dallas Keuchel to a massive deal. Um, you didn't need him anyway, but you don't have to go out and sign Craig Kimbrell uh, because we have a, a phenomenal bullpen. You can go out and get Adam Adovino and Zach Britton and Jay Happ and Paxton and Sabathia and put together – a damn good rotation and a damn good bullpen um, that's going to, in my opinion, take down the Boston Red Sox as division, as division leaders. Yeah, I mean, we haven't seen the Yankees take the division in a, in a while. Um, so I'm really hoping that this, this pitching uh, could, really, could really do something because I, I don't want to have issues like we had last year with Sonny Gray. I feel like that was a big thing that also – Hit, hit us a little bit. Um, Sonny Gray struggling. I know we have a topic about him today, but just I'm just saying that that was one big pitching problem we had last year, and we had we had to fix it. We went out, we got AJ Happ. That was a good that was a good pickup. And um, you know, now that he's gone, we got a good prospect off of uh, the I think it was the Mariners. Yeah, three um, deal with the Mar- yeah, we got we got the Mariners. We swapped the Red guy. Yeah. Uh, shed, shed long to the, to the Mariners. Yeah, so I mean, we got a good prospect. I think there was, I think that was their f- number five 
for the Mariners. So, I mean, we got a good prospect for him. We cleaned up the pitching. Now all we have to do is just just use it, man. I really I, – I don't want to see that being a problem. I could understand the offense. Um, maybe somebody struggling like, a Gary, like Gary Sanchez. I really hope he can come back this year because that was not Gary Sanchez. We we know he could do better from the previous season. He he did a lot better than last than this last year. Um, but yeah, I I really think he's you know the pitching will not be a problem. I could see the offense maybe having a hit. You know, being not for a long time, but I could see the offense over the course of the year. This probably is going to happen. The offense is going to die out. Um, but yeah, I don't. I don't think this pitching is going to be any issues. Um, I hope you're right. Um, CC. I mean, hopefully he'll be healthy, which I believe he will be. Um, you're you're not with Gray anymore, like we said. We we got rid of him, so uh, you don't have to worry about his ups and downs. Um, Half was phenomenal last year. Severino is back to being the ace. He was tipping his pitches at the end of last season, so he should be he should be over that. Thank God. And um, I'm 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 very confident in this in, in this bullpen in this rotation this entire pitching staff. Larry Rothschild has proven he's a good pitching coach. He can take uh, he can take these guys and mold them into real starting pitchers and real relief pitchers to dominate. So um, I really am confident in, in this uh, in, in this new rotation this new bullpen we have. Um, to take us to uh, where we need to go because this this team really is built for October. Because in October you really you don't need five starters. You can you can really use mostly the bullpen. You can have Severino go three four innings and and throw Green for two and Avino and, and, and Britton and all these guys. So this team is really built for for what we're what we're striving to go for, which is the playoffs. Yeah, I, I I totally agree. I just the pitching looks good. I hope. CC does his thing for his last year, and uh, yeah, hopefully we can, um, you know, have a good run in October this this year. Because I think uh, I think la- last last year when we had to versus the Red Sox, it wasn't what we were expecting. I think we were expecting to go, you know, farther, and uh, like we did in 2017, we wouldn't even expect to go that far. So um, I think it was a, I think we have a good team to um, to go to October. And, um, yeah, we'll leave it at that. Um, but we do our, we are going to go into a network ad in a little bit, but if you guys are looking for tickets for spring training or the regular season, make sure to hit up Stubyard for 10% off. Use the code, uh, BPN10, um, if you want to get any tickets off and, um, yeah, we'll see you guys in a little bit. Join us for our. Amazing Mets podcast, 7 p.m. Thursday. We're going to be interviewing Stephen Villanis, one of the top pitchers in the Mets farm system. And we're going to talk about his rise in the Mets farm system and how he continues. He will look to continue his progress. Um, we will also talk about the Mets free agency situation, if whether or not they will pick up another reliever, or an outfielder, or if they will just remain pat. Um, Spring training is coming soon, and pitchers and catchers will be reporting to spring training 
very, very soon. All of that and more will be discussed by me and my partner Jake, 7 p.m. Thursday. Make sure you don't miss it. All right, and we're back. We're going to be talking about Sonny Gray, uh, the Hall of Fame uh, announcements, and Nolan Arenado a little bit later, but we're going to be focusing on Gray. If you guys want to ask any questions, the number is 845-277-9345. Ask your questions, and we will uh, answer them to our opinion. Um, But, yeah, what do you think about Sonny Gray now that he's gone? And uh, your thoughts on where he's going and what, who we got him for, all that. I wish Sonny well. I really wish Sonny well in uh, in Cincinnati. He's greenlighted his former pitching coach from Vanderbilt. Um, so he should hopefully pitch better than he did last season. I mean, last season he had a, a 4.90 ERA. He played in he pitched in 30 games. Not all of them were starts. Um, so he he clearly. Uh, wasn't right for the Yankees. Uh, big City was not right for him. He pitched very well in Oakland. So hopefully a smaller place like Cincinnati, big enough city, but a smaller place in New York will help him out. And um, I wish him the best. And in the deal, we, I mean, we acquired Chen Long from the Reds, but we ended up uh, swapping him to the Mariners for uh, for Josh Dowers, who was – one of the um, was the was the second the second uh, round pick for the Mariners last season. Um, he's a speed guy, has some power, pretty good average. Uh, so uh, we, we gained we we gained a, a, a pretty good prospect in that. We also ended up acquiring um, a competitive balance pick, kind of competitive round uh, round pick, around uh, A pick, so around uh, late thirties round draft pick uh, in the in the deal. So overall, the Yankees came out pretty good. Uh, the Reds came out pretty good, and the and the uh, Mariners got a, a good deal, a good prospect in Shed Long. So I, I think it's a good trade all all around. They got rid of their problem, um, and they acquired some some decent talent, um, and everyone else got what they really needed. So overall, I think it's a good trade, and I wish Sonny the best. But uh, now that he's gone, we can really focus on having our five guys in the rotation, a good bullpen, and we really don't have any, anything to worry about as far as who's going to pitch where and when he's going to pitch. Um, on the Yankees right now. Yeah. um, I think the Reds are doing – if I was a Reds fan, I would be happy because you guys got Matt Kemp and Puig. You got Sonny, and I'm guessing the Reds are thinking, you know, he's a good – he's going to be good for them. I think they they got him, then they signed an extension. So I think they're going to – I think they really trust Sonny Gray. I think – you know, they think he's going to do good for them, and I hope he does. I mean, he, he had one really good year. Not even – it wasn't even uh, – it wasn't even one year. He had, like, a good second half of the season for the Yankees, and he just – he couldn't he couldn't stay. So, um, I do think getting him from the uh, – or giving him up for the Reds and getting a pretty good prospect from the Mariners, um, I do think – you know, he'll be doing well, and uh, hopefully he comes up um, and we see him do something good. Yeah, I mean, this kid's supposed to be uh, a good ball player. He's only 21. Uh, he'll be 22 in February. So he's young. He, he's on the team control for a while. And uh, if, he turned out to be, if he turned out to be a good ball player, 
then uh, let me definitely won this trade. And like you said, the Reds are really uh, are really having themselves a good offseason. They got Tanner Roark to bolster that rotation. Um, they traded for Kemp. They traded for Puig and Alex Wood, another guy to add to the rotation. So um, overall, the Reds should be a fairly good team this year uh, with Puig and Kemp and uh, and, all, and all their ball players. They got Scott Shevlin to play the outfield. He's already there. They got Fado at first base, um, Jeanette and, and, and Suarez. So overall, they have a good team, and um, and they got themselves a, a, a guy with a really good arm, um, a guy who can really pitch uh, if given the right circumstances. So I think um, the Reds have themselves a good ball player. We got ourselves a good prospect. And the draft pick really important because, I mean, just showing you how the Yankees draft have drafted him recently. They drafted they drafted Aaron Judge, um, so they uh, they know that's important. So getting that draft pick was big. Um, the Reds did have to extend Sonny in order to in order to make this deal more lucrative for the Yankees, which they did end up doing. So um, everything worked out for everyone's benefit here. Uh, Sonny is happy now. He he's at a place where he's wanted. Uh, we have no questions really about our rotation and about our bullpen. So I, I think everything has, has gone as well as it could have possibly gone um, in, in this in the semi-great trade. Yeah, I think, um, you know, Sonny Gray, though, the, the second half of the 2017 season, he was, and I was actually watching his um, ALCS game, where he pitched against the Astros, he did amazing. If he could pitch like that in Cincinnati, he might be untouchable for them. Um, he, I just, I don't have any other words. If he could, if he could really, if he could do that, I think they're going to have a really good start to their, you know, rotation to, you know, rebuild it. Now that they have an, they have a solid, I guess they're, most likely is going to be the ace of the of the rotation. They're going to have a good start to their rebuild of the rotation. Um, as you said, they got Alex Wood. I don't know what they're going to do with him. I know the Dodgers uh, put him in the bullpen. They took him out. They put I think last year he was a starting pitcher, and then they put him back in the bullpen. So he's actually he's a little versatile. Like you could put him in the starting you know, rotation, or you can put him in the bullpen. So it'll be a little bit interesting to see you know what they do with him. Obviously, they got Matt Kemp, and they got Puig. They really now their outfield looks a little solid. I'm pretty sure they still have Billy Hamilton, and they have that those people in the outfield that will be solid. So, I really do think you know the Reds are going to be some. They're, don't sleep on them. They're going to be a, a they're going to be a decent team next year with what they've been what they've created uh, in this offseason. Um, I think you know they still have Votto. They have a really they have a really good lineup. Um, for the rebuild. So, you know, they don't need too many more pieces until they can probably be a little bit of, you know, a contending team. They could surprise some people. They really could surprise some people. I think the Reds um, have definitely obviously improved their team. Uh, They did non-tender Billy Hamilton. I'm a big fan of his, but they non-tendered him. He's now with the Royals. Um, So they did lose him. But uh, like you said, they gained Puig and Kemp and Wood and Gray to go with a fairly good offense. I mean, Eugenio Suarez, their third baseman, is one of the best in baseball. Joey Bob is one of the best players in baseball. Um, breakout year last year from Scooter Jeanette. So all that proves to me that uh, they can they can probably – they could potentially contend for a wild card spot. 
Uh, I'm not saying they will, but they they potentially could. I mean, they've made some savvy moves this offseason. I like Alex Wood as a starting pitcher. I like Tanner Roark. I mean, no one's going to confuse him for, for Luis Severino or, or Max Scherzer. But um, they're, they're decent pitchers. So they could definitely – they're definitely going to help that team uh, who was throwing out guys like Ed Di Scofani and Rookie Davis, who if you don't know who those people are, you're, you're an average baseball fan. <laughs> don't consider yourself dumb because those guys really don't have that much attach, weight attached to their names. Um, so they've definitely improved themselves. And they've, they're, they're kind of announcing their presence in that division, saying we're here, we were good five, six years ago. Uh, we went to the wildcard game against Pittsburgh. Um, but that's about as far as they've gone in the last however many years. So they, can, they, they really have announced themselves as being back in the NL Central. Um, so Sonny, Sonny should pitch well there. I hope he pitches well there because he certainly didn't pitch well here. He pitched well. He pitched pretty good for about a half season and then petered off um, this season, bounced with the bullpen with a rotation and just kind of lost any job he could have had. So, and Cashman made it apparent that he didn't want him, he didn't want him here. He kind of, he kind of said he was going to trade him when the offseason, when the offseason started. So, he finally made good on his promise and, uh, and Sonny has, uh, ha- has left the Bronx, which, um, it's not like we got burned on that trade. I mean, we traded uh, Jorge Mateo, Jason Brillian, and Dustin Fowler. Dustin Fowler's playing well for Oakland, um, so I, 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 I like him. I, I, we could take a slight loss on that, but I haven't heard anything about Mateo. I haven't heard anything about Caprillian, though Caprillian's often hurt. But um, good to know that the gray trade really bite us in the rear end like it potentially could have. Yeah. Um, I think the gray trade, we didn't really give up too big of like any big prospect. I think they were a little mediocre. Um, so that was pretty good. Um, but you know, you never know those people could spark up at any moment and do something really good. Um, but yeah, I do think, I really hope Sonny, you know, he could do good in Cincinnati. Cause I'm pretty sure, you know, there's really not anybody exciting besides Votto. Um, I think before Votto, it was like Chapman uh, he was a really big face of the Cincinnati Reds uh, organization, so I I I think he'll he'll do good. Um, I hope he does good because we never know he could he could you know do what he did in New York. Um, but yeah, I really hope you know he could turn stuff around to help the Reds. I wouldn't say they would make a wild card, but I I would say they would they will improve. They'll they'll see what they can do with Sonny and what that you know the off season that their great off season that they've had you know comes in and you know helps them and see what what they need to improve what they need to work on uh, to rebuild because you know there is a little bit of things they need to clean up and um, I think they should be they should be a good team next two to three years. I really do think they'll be in the wild card for a few years and hopefully, you know, Sonny's still on the team and he's still doing good for them. Well, they have some good prospects like Nick Senzel um, coming up. So they could be, they could be a good team. Maybe, maybe this season and beyond, they could, they could be this year's version. I don't think I'm right, but they, they could be this year's version of the Oakland A's if everything falls right for them. 
um, of everything going well and them surprising some people and playing for a wild card spot. They they really could shock some people. I think. Um, I, I mean, the Cubs, Cardinals, uh, the Brewers are all, in my opinion, better. I think they're on par right now with the Pirates, if not better than the Pirates. I know it's going to offend uh, uh, some of our friends who are Pirate fans, but um, I um, I personally think that they have a uh, a good shot to be at least an over 500 team. Yeah, um, I could see them being kind of like an Oakland team, maybe even like if they, you know, if their, you know, minor league system, if the people that they have do really well and they bring up one of those guys, maybe they could be like the Braves and they could surprise us even more. Um, but we do have a question. We have a question from Dom. He wants to know um, about – he wants to talk about the on Longoria Instagram post. I don't think I've so, I saw that, but um, you know, we'll take his question. Gentlemen, how are you? Hello. Hello, sir. How, how are you? How are you doing? Good, good. So quick question. So Longoria posted on Instagram this week that basically players like Price and Machado should get paid what they deserve. They worked their whole careers for it, and that fans should really – um, support this decision because it's good for the sport. And I wanted to get your take to see what you guys think should stay. I mean, for those of us that go to the game, you know how expensive it's starting to get. And these uh, owners, I think, are realizing that that it's tough for a family of four to even make it to the ballpark. So do you guys agree that players should request these kind of contracts, these long-term contracts for this big money? Uh, thank you, Dominic. That's a that's a great question, and I did see his post on Instagram, and it, it kind of tore me a little bit. Uh, I understand where he's coming from, in the sense that um, these guys have worked their entire career to get to free agency, to to ask for the money that they think they deserve. Um, I mean, you you get guys making twenty five, thirty million dollars a year, um, because that's what baseball demands. Baseball is first and foremost, a business, and if a team is creating revenue, obviously, then they're going to pay players of a certain ilk what they feel is is, uh, is appropriate. So it, it, it's a catch-22 in my eyes because as much as I, I go to a lot of Yankee games and I know that, that paying uh, what, what seems to be a fortune for, for a hot dog and a soda – uh, it seems ridiculous. I mean, you, you people make jokes about it all the time, but in all seriousness, it's it's really unfortunate because it's it's getting diff- more difficult to take a family to a ball game. Um, so, if you have to if you have to use that money to pay your players um, crazy salaries, it's 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 a very touchy subject. And I do I do feel like Machado and Harper, if anybody, um, are are worth um, are, are worth thirty million plus a year. I think it's them. But owners are getting smarter too. Owners are realizing that why am I gonna just using Yankees as an example? Why am I going to pay Manny Machado um, thirty million dollars a year when I have Miguel Andujar playing at league minimum? And how much more is is uh, Machado gonna give me than Andujar? Machado's gonna bat what three hundred, three ten. Andujar's gonna bat let's just say two eighty five. Okay, it's a little bit better there. Machado's going to hit 35 to 40 home runs. Andrew Harden hit 25. 10 home runs. 
100 RB, 110 RBIs from Machado, 85 RBIs from Andujar. I mean, Machado played better defense, but you're you're basically paying 30 million dollars to have a, to have 10 more, 10 to 15 more home runs, that 15 pointed batting average, a better a little better of a fielder, uh, with a better arm. So it, it's 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 not about them not being worth the money, which I think they are worth crazy money. It's about owners getting smarter and realizing that we don't need we don't need these guys that insane money because we have guys like Miguel Andujar, like Gleyber Torres, and on other teams um, they have players who can can, play, who can do these things, just not as well. So they're realizing it's not that much money to be uh, it's not worth that much to have slightly better production from from a guy like from Leon Machado when you when you already have a guy like Miguel Andujar. Um, yeah, I agree. Um, I did see earlier this week um, the Super Bowl actually was lowering a lot of the food uh, prices because of how expensive the tickets were. So, you know, if maybe the MLB could, you know, step in and, you know, uh, you know, give an input on some on some teams, maybe it will, you know, it'll change. If I were a GM, I wouldn't give – I mean, even though I do think Harper and Machado are worth – 300 million, I wouldn't, I would never do that. I would never do that deal. Um, I would be more of a low 200 million, maybe even lower than that. So, you know, I could, I could see why, you know, teams and people wanting to attend these games uh, think it's, you know, it's a good amount of money that you're, you know, just watching a baseball game for. So I hope, you know, you know, GMs and team, you know, organizations, you know, don't, go hard at it. And I could see maybe if it's like the Marlins that they don't really have a crowd. I could, I could see maybe if they do go after Machado or a Harper and they make them one of the big names of their team. And, you know, I could see that being a thing for a big contract, but I don't, I don't see a good team, a decent enough team signing a really a, a good player. And it might not even be, he might you might already have a person on your team that's similar to that player, a big contract for just to have them. Uh, I, I wouldn't agree with that. So I, I could see it on the small market teams like the Marlins um, or the teams like, you know, Cincinnati, but yeah, I don't, I don't think they should, uh, you know, I think the GM should lower uh, what they think about uh, the players pricing. Uh, everything you're saying is in line with with the way I think um, they they should they should lower prices. I mean, it's, it's a business, so to say that is 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 slightly oversimplifying things. But sometimes I think these owners and these GMs forget that without the fans, you wouldn't have a business. You're kind of just playing a game. So you need. You need uh, those rear ends and those seats in order to be making the millions that you make. So I think they forget that sometimes. Uh, don't don't forget the loyal fans who've been coming to games for 40 years and they have to give up their tickets because they they're out. They just they can't they can't pay them anymore. That's sad. Um, so with, with with ticket prices increasing and salaries increasing, it. it, it it leads to some unfortunate things. Uh, I, there are people in baseball much smarter than I who, who should be dealing with this issue. 
Uh, and I do believe it is an issue that has to be dealt with um, because as everybody who played the game of baseball will say, and the men who just got inducted into the Hall of Fame have, have thanked profusely in the past few days, they thank the fans because without the fans, there'd be, there'd be nothing for them to, to, to play for. So the, the fans really are the reason that these guys make that much money, and, they, and, they sh- and teams and owners shouldn't, shouldn't forget that. Yeah, I totally agree. I, uh, I think that was a great question. Thank you, Dom, um, for answering and or asking. And, um, yeah, I think that wraps up Sonny Gray and Dom's question. Um, but if you guys want to get tickets for upcoming spring training games or the regular season, make sure to hit up uh, Stubyard for 10% off. The code is uh, BPN10 and um, get your tickets um, if you want, you know, to get a little bit of money, um, as we just talked about, to save a little bit of money um, on your upcoming tickets. But um, we'll be talking about the Hall of Fame, and um, we'll see you guys in a little bit. Greetings, Diamondbacks Nation. This is Blake, your co-host for the Rattle Up Podcast, and we invite you to join our show Friday at 8 Eastern Time, 6 Mountain Time. D-backs pitching prospect Matt Tabor joins the show to take questions about his, his time with the Diamondbacks, what his goals are for 2019, and baseball in general. We will also discuss how baseball's economy does not have a problem and is actually growing, as compared to other falling leagues like the NFL and the NHL, and as to why that is. Come join Chris and Blake this Friday, 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain Time. That is this Friday, 8 Eastern, 6 Mountain Time, for an interview with D-backs prospect Matt Tabor. See you there. All right, welcome back. We're going to be talking about a really, um, you know, great topic for the Yankees uh, this, uh, actually yesterday. Um, They got two people into the Hall of Fame, along with a few other people that were, uh, I would say, not Roy Holiday, but I think um, Edgar was due uh, for his um, Hall of Fame deduction, so... Yeah, what do you uh, you think about the two guys? Well, Mariano Rivera is the most obvious Hall of Famer um, the Hall of Fame may have, may have ever seen. Um, clearly, the, the writers thought so. He he became the first ever player to have 100% of the ballot in his favor, which is it it it, it couldn't have happened to a better player. More importantly, to a better human being. From every account you you hear of Mariano. Um, he was a phenomenal, phenomenal ball player, obviously. 652 saves, uh, 1,115 games. That's the most ever games played, uh, games pitched for one team, um, who only played for one team in, in his career. Um, when, you, when you think about dominance, uh, you think Mariano Rivera. More men have walked on the moon than have scored earned runs with Mariano Rivera in the postseason, uh, which, which is Baffling, absolutely baffling. And then you got Mike Mussina, 270 wins, uh, about a 3.6 ERA for a career, pitching his entire career, his entire 18-year career, uh, 10 seasons for the Orioles and eight seasons for the Yankees. I want a slew of gold gloves, of 20 games on his last season. He became the second man in the history of baseball to ever win 20 games and then retire. And that was, that was only the first time he ever won 20 games. Uh, it was also the last time the other man to do it was Sandy Koufax. Um, 
so to have Moose and Mariano in the Hall of Fame is is, is an honor. Now, Mariano's obviously going to go in with a little and Y on his cap. Um, Moose might go in with an, with an Oriole. He might go in with a Yankee cap. He might go in with no logo on his cap. I know Roy Halladay, the other uh, one of the other inductees, is going in with uh, with, with with no logo on his cap. His uh, uh, unfortunately, the late Roy Halladay, who passed away in a plane crash uh, two years ago, will not be at the induction. So, but his wife. Uh, his wife uh, just chose to have no logo on his cap, which is which is fitting, because he did have that no hitter in Philadelphia. He won a Cy Young in both leagues, obviously in Philadelphia and 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 uh, in in Toronto. And Edgar Martinez um, gave. I mean, Pedro Martinez and Mariano Rivera have both said that Edgar Martinez was the hardest out they ever had to get, and that is a glowing glowing endorsement from two of the game's greatest pitchers. So a, a very worthy class for the BBWAA to vote these guys in. But let's also not forget Lee Smith, uh, for, former all-time saves leader, and Harold Baines, one of, the, one of baseball's greatest DHs, uh, over 2,800 hits, also in the Hall of Fame. So a lovely class of six this year with Harold Baines, Lee Smith, Roy Halladay, Edgar Martinez, Mike Bucina, and Mariano Rivera. Congratulations to all of them. I, I couldn't be happier as a baseball fan. Yeah, um, I think – Mariano Rivera, I mean, I think he definitely deserved it. He, you know, 13-time All-Star, five-time World Series champion. And if, you, if you've been following a lot of people that, you know, used to play with him, and I'm, I'm, I'm not lying about this, they've said he was the guy that could be bases loaded, uh, no outs, World Series, Game 7, you know, it's on the line, bottom of the ninth, and he would be the guy to get out of it. You wouldn't be worried about what would happen, um, you know. And it, even if he even if he did mess up, he would come right back out the next night and he would be, he would be spot on. It, look, it will, you know, it looks like it never, yesterday never happened. So I think him getting 100% of the votes was awesome. I I really couldn't say anything else. Um, Roy Holiday, unfortunately, you know, he passed away. I do I do agree with not putting the logo on his hat. You know, that's probably something he sh- you know if he was still here he would have you know decided. But I think without with not putting the logo on his hat, I think it was pretty good. And uh, Edgar, arguably one of the best. Um, DHs in the game. Probably, I would say, arguably David Ortiz, but, you know, he's not in the ballot yet. Um, I think he was he was a, an amazing player. He did what he had to do. And a lot of people are saying what, I, what I've heard is why would a DH player make it to the Hall of Fame? And, you know, his response was, every, you know, everybody that plays, you know, they, get, they have to get their respect. Uh, in. And, um, you know, he was one of those hitters, you know, he owned that position and he did well in it. So, you know, I, I totally agree. Like a DH player, you know, should uh, be able to get a chance of going to the hall of fame. And, you know, he did it. Um, he was well overdue. I know he was in the ballot for a long time. Um, so I'm, I'm really happy that, you know, he made it. And same with Mike. I didn't really watch Mike a lot. So that's why I'm not, I'm not into the topic. Um, with him, but 
I saw a few of his highlights and stuff, and he did. He looked like he was an amazing guy. So, um, everybody that made it, congratulations! You guys did. You guys had amazing careers, and um, I hope you guys, you know, do something um, good in with your retirement. <laughs> the uh, it was a pleasure watching them play. I remember watching Mariano play. I remember watching watching Doc uh, and Moose. Uh, all these guys, all, all, the, all those guys play, and um, it was a pleasure watching them play. Uh, congratulations on the Hall of Fame. Uh, it's bittersweet that, that Doc won't be able to see it, but um, he, he lives out of memories, and um, it'll be a fun weekend uh, in July. Yeah, I would, can't wait to uh, watch them uh, do their speeches and, you know, see what they need to say. Um, but that wraps up the Hall of Fame announcements and um, – you know, things like that. So we'll be going into another network ad, and we'll see you guys in a little bit. Hey, guys, this is Benton from Bucko Booth, also producer here on this show. I just want to make sure you tune into a very special episode this Saturday. It's going to be at 8 a.m. We're going to be live from Pirates Fest at PNC Park. So if you're in the Pittsburgh area, head down to PNC Park. We're going to be in the parking lot Right across the stadium, broadcasting live. It's going to be a three-hour special episode. We're going to have Dunkin' Donuts there, a couple dozen donuts. We're going to have some coffee. So come by, check us out. If you if you can listen live, though, we're going to be talking 2018 recap of the season. We're going to go through the entire season um, and recap that. And we're going to do a 2018 awards. We're going to look at the off-season so far, the moves that have been made, and analyze those. And then we're going to look forward to 2019 and make our predictions for the 2019 roster and how that will shape up as long as our record and division plus World Series predictions. You don't want to miss it. PNC Park, Bunker Booth, 8 to 11 a.m. this Saturday. We'll see. All right, welcome back. We'll be talking about Nolan Arenado in this segment and um... – you know what's up with him because you know arguably he's one of the best third basemen in the game right now and um, he's going to be a free agent next season so I don't know maybe if the Yankees pass on Machado and Harper they're maybe looking at him as the next guy so what do you think as they definitely should in my opinion um, and I know it's not sure about everybody but Nolan Arenado after Mike Trout, is baseball's best ball player. Gold glove defense to rival Brooks Robinson. Uh, you, his offense just is averages. His averages for the past four seasons, which the four seasons he's been an all-star, the past four years he has averaged 40 home runs, 126 RBIs, a 297 batting average. He's averaged... 40 doubles, 180 hits, and 104 runs scored. And the Rockies have not been that great for all those seasons. They've been good for a few of them, but they have not been that great. And he averages 158 games a year. He is a phenomenal ball player. Miguel Andujar will, sl- <laughs> will slide right over to first base if they, if they end up signing him after the end of next se- at the end of uh, this coming season. He's I can't say enough good things about Nolan Arenado. Now, there are some people who will say, well, Coors Field helps him out. His batting average on the road is only, for his career, is only 270. Well, it's not like he's going from, Yank, from, from, from Coors Field to playing in Detroit or, some, or, or Petco in San Diego, some enormous 
um, to the Norris hitter, uh, Pitcher's Park. He's coming to Yankee Stadium, hopefully. Uh, so it's not as if he's going to, to be playing in some massive, massive ballpark. And a guy like Arenado should not have to worry about uh, going from, from course field to any ballpark because a man of his stature can hit any ball. He can hit the ball at any ballpark. He plays the best defense I've ever seen at third base. So if the Yankees' plan is they're going to pass on, on Machado and we're going to pass on Bryce and we're going to go out next year and sign on Arenado, then I am A-OK with it. It, it also fits in with the Yankees', uh, the Yankees M.O., of signing former Rockies. They signed George Lewinsky. They signed uh, DJ LeMahieu. They signed Adam Adovino. Why not bring Nolan Arenado to the, to the fold? Yeah. I think Nolan Arenado is actually a better fit than Machado um, if you look at it. Because um, Machado, has, you have some issues with him wanting to play shortstop. Um, you don't even know if he will be willing to play third. So, I mean, Nolan Arenado, he's a third baseman. You're going, you know, if they sign him, it's going to be a big deal. Um, and Miguel Andujar, I don't know what his deal is going to be if we get him, but, you know, he'll be, he'll be a, he won't be an everyday player. Um, but Nolan Arenado, I think, is a great fit with having him and Didi on the uh, right side. Um, I think will be... Amazing. It, it would be one of the greatest left side the infield I've ever seen. Um, I mean, you, you're going back to, to, to Derek and Alex. Um, I mean, just some, some, some guys today like, like um, Bregman and Correa. It, it, would, it would be an embarrassment of riches, A. But B, it would be a perfect fit just to have him entrenched at third base. Uh, he, he'd be a fan favorite immediately. Uh, he's he's phenomenal. I can't say enough good things about Nolan Arenado. I know there was some slight rumor about maybe the Yankees are trading for him this season, maybe trading Andy Orton. That's not going to happen. That is in no way happening. Um, it's it's just not feasible. I mean, if the Rockies are out of it midseason and they want to trade Arenado then, great. I don't want him. Honestly, I don't want them midseason because they're going to ask for a boatload. They're going to want Severino, and they're going to want the world. So, at that point, if you, if you can get them cheap, then get them cheap. But if if the Rockies are asking for, for I mean, a share of Yankee Stadium, then don't uh, and don't take Nolan Arenado at that point. Go out in the offseason and sign him, which I think they definitely, definitely should. He is the premier free agent next, next offseason. So, by all means uh, – Take everything you've been saving for this offseason. And if you really want to save it and really want to go in hard, after Nolan, save it and go. Because the, the man, I'm going to call right now. The man's only played six seasons. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> I'm calling it right now. I'm calling it on, on uh, in, in January 2019. The man is is so good. He would elevate this team to be near near godly. So, please, Brian Cashman, if you're listening to me, you can save your money. I will not be upset with you if you do not sign Aaron, if you do not sign Machado, if you do not sign Harper. But please make sure you sign you sign Arenado if you don't sign one of these two guys because Arenado is so good. He is he's the second best player in the game behind Trout. So, 
go in, go in hard after the man, uh, if and when the time comes. Yeah. Um, I just, I, I hope his contract, I hope he's not like a Bryce Harper, a Machado type guy that wants these big contracts. I hope he, you know, he gets reasonable, you know, finds a contract that, you know, he likes, he thinks he's going to get enough money for and go with that team. Even if it's not the Yankees, I, I think that I, I really would like to see that because this Machado Harper thing with them wanting to have all this money, this, it, there's a lot of, and plus with a lot of the years, they could have like a seven, eight year, you know, um, could really hurt a team, even if they're good. It could really hurt a team because we've seen it with Jacoby Ellsbury. Um, with his his injuries and all that. So I think that's what the Yankees are a little bit worried about with Machado is they don't want to sign him in a seven or an eight-year deal because they've seen, they've learned from uh, Ellsbury's deal that these big deals aren't what we want. We want something that's reasonable and we, you know, think that we're not going to get stuck in a hole like Ellsbury. Well, that's true, but when you think about Jacoby Ellsbury's big deal versus a potential Nolan Arenado big deal, Jacoby Ellsbury had one good season. I mean, he was 30-30 with the Red Sox in 2011. He almost won the MVP award. Nolan Arenado has, has come in eighth, fifth, uh, fourth, and third in the MVP votes in the last uh, four seasons, respectively. So it's it, it, you wouldn't be giving um, a, a huge deal to an unknown. You'd be giving a huge deal to uh, a, a definite known player. So I, I get they're a little gun shy. They could be potentially a little gun shy from uh, giving out big-term contracts like the one to Ellsbury. But uh, when it comes to the caliber of the player, I think there's no, there's no, sh- there's no, there's no comparison that uh, Arenado is fought by far a better ball player than Jacoby Ellsbury could ever dream to be. Uh, so I don't think they should definitely worry about that. Nolan Arenado, um, but speaking of the money aspect, Nolan Arenado actually is going to arbitration with the with the Rockies, I think Nolan Arenado is uh, asking for a $30 million uh, contract for, uh, for this season. And the Rockies are obviously asking for less. I don't think that number is public. But um, he wants 30, and I think he's worth it. I think he's worth it. Uh, very, few, very few are, but I think he's worth it. So uh, it's going to be big money. It'll be, it'll be big money. It'll be about a seven- or eight-year deal, um, probably $300 million. But if anybody's worth it, there are very few who are. Mike Trout's one. Uh, maybe Bryce is another one. But definitely, Nolan uh, is, is worth it uh, when it comes to when it comes to big term money like that. Yeah, I um, you know I hope he can get his contract that he wants, um, and hopefully, you know he does good wherever he goes. He is, I think, I'm pretty sure it, he's a little bit younger than um, the Ellsbury deal. Um, but yeah, I really hope whatever wherever he decides to go. Um, is good. Obviously, it's it's next off season, but you know, it's a it's a guy that I think is definitely on our radar. I I as he should be. You know, the Machado thing is taking a little. You know, I feel like if we were really at him, we would have a deal ready for him, and we are kind of slipping away from both guys. I think we're kind of out of Harper and Machado's slipping. Uh, we're kind of slipping away from him too. Um, I think the people that we've signed right now are – it was a good off season, even though we missed out on Corbin. And we might – we're probably going to – I'm 
I'm not going to say probably, but we might, we probably missed out on Harper and Machado. But if we are saving this money for some other off season, because I, I know a lot of people thought this was the off season that we were going to spend the money. If we use it on Arenado, I can see him being a better fit than Machado. Even though I would like to also, I also think Harper is. I don't think we're going to get, we're probably out of his deal, but this is a guy I think use the money. This is a better guy to use the money on than having speculations with where Machado is going to play when Didi comes back. And there's just going to be a big confusion. I just think, you know, he, he's definitely the guy to go with. Oh, he's totally the guy to go with. Um, Personally, if I had to say which one would be the best fit, if you're asking me between Machado Harper and Arenado with the big uh, free agent for the next few off seasons. I think Harper is the best fit. I think Harper is the best fit of everybody, but seeing as how the Yankees are not going after him, which I still don't understand, uh, the next best fit in my eyes is, uh, is, is totally uh, a Nolan. He's like, like I've been going on for, for about 10 minutes now. I can't say enough good things about the man. He, I mean, I, I just, I also, I like him as a, as a, as a player, as a, as a person too. I mean, he played for Team USA Baseball, um, so you know he, he loves his country, which I, which means a lot to me. So everything about him screams professional and 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 phenomenal, and um, I'd be I, I'd be one happy Yankee fan if I if I uh, saw his uh, his number twenty eight playing third base. Yeah, I. I would love to see him, you know, play for this uh, Yankees team and, uh, you know, do really well. I think he will – He, him with Judge Stanton, Gary Sanchez, Didi, it will be an insane lineup to look at. We'll probably have a lot of righties um, with him added. But, you know, just those guys that I just said right there, they're, that's just a little bit of the lineup that you're looking at if we get him. We still have, you know, Luke Voigt if we still have him. We still, you know, we have all these guys that, you know, could in, have an even bigger impact without, you know, having the big shine of Arenado and Stanton and Judge. We have those, like, people that aren't, you know, as looked at as those guys, and, they, you know, they could do their thing and help us out. So I think with him in the lineup would, would even be, be a deadly thing to look at. You are, you are definitely right there, my friend. All right. So um, I think that's everything with Arenado um, for right now. We'll see where, uh, what he does in the, you know, season, if the Rockies are thinking about, you know, giving him up during the all-star break. Um, But thank you guys for tuning in this, for this week's episode of Pinstripe Talk. Um, We'll be back next Wednesday. And um, thank you guys for listening. And uh, we'll, it's me, Eamon, and my co-host, Anthony, and we'll see you guys in the next one. Pinstripe Talk is produced by Benson Vector. Pinstripe Talk is a production of the Baseball Podcast Network. Be sure to give our hosts a follow on Instagram. Eamon at Yankees Network 99. And Anthony at AF Simeon 
16. That's S-I-M-E-O-N-E 16. For more Pinstripe Talk content, be sure to head over to our website at BaseballPodcastNet.com. Be sure to follow the Baseball Podcast Network on all their social media platforms. Instagram at BaseballPodcastNet. Twitter at BaseballPodcast1. That's P-O-D-C-A-S-1. YouTube at Baseball Podcast Network and SoundCloud at Baseball Podcast Network. Thank you for tuning in to Pinstripe Talk. We'll see you next time.